Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go to Matthew 16 tonight. I want to continue with this that we've been looking at, uh, the head and his body. And um, I realize we're coming up on Resurrection Sunday soon. Don't worry. I have messages ready, so we're okay. Hallelujah. The head and his body. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16 through 18 And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Christos, the anointed one, the Mashiach, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. So Peter says, you're the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah. And that's what he knew. And Jesus said, that's right, but there's something more. I'm going to build my church on this rock. The, the, the 12 apostles had no concept of the church. They had no concept of the body of Christ. We'll get more into that in just a moment when we get into Ephesians. But The Father revealed to Peter that Jesus is the one. He's the anointed one. And then he said, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. And you'll remember the Lord asked me, why will the gates of hell not prevail against the church? And the word prevail means to overpower. The the two strongest definitions are to overpower or to be strong to another's detriment. And so he says, the gates of hell will never overpower or be strong to the detriment of the church. Amen. Now, you hear a lot of people and they make statements like the church is weak, the church is cold, the church is lukewarm, the church is backslidden, the church is powerless. It's just not right. I don't have time to stay with that, but it's just not right. When somebody starts talking about the church, they're talking about the body of Christ. And the body of Christ is not weak. The body of Christ is not backslid. The body of Christ is not powerless. The body of Christ is not lukewarm. Amen. There might be assemblies within the body of Christ that are not doing what they should do, but you cannot weaken the church because you cannot weaken Christ. Amen. If Christ can be powerless, then the church can be powerless. But Christ is the power source of the church. And as the, Jesus said, as you remain vitally connected to me, you will always produce fruit. Yes. Amen. Did, do you see that? Well, this church, you know, churches are teaching this and that and the other. Well, there might be carnal people, but that, that, that doesn't affect the church. Amen. Let's, let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. The book of Ephesians chapter 1. And this has been our... Jumping off point every service, and we'll continue to, to, to go here. Ephesians 1, 
21, and he's the Apostle Paul, the Holy Ghost through the Apostle Paul is telling us where Jesus has been seated. He's been seated far above all principality and all power and all might and all dominion and every name that's named, not only in this world, but in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. The Amplified Bible says, In that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. So there's no entity that can be powerless when it's filled with the fullest measure of Christ himself. And that's the church. The, the, the Bible says here that, that the church is, notice, is filled to the, with the full measure of him that makes everything complete. So in the church, in the church universally, resides the full measure of Christ. The full measure of the anointing. No one in, no one in here has the Spirit without measure. But the church collectively does. Because it's the same measure that Jesus had. And the Bible says in the book of John that he who God has sent, that he has the Spirit without measure. That was Jesus. Well, Jesus, nobody in here singularly, personally, has the Spirit without measure. We have the Spirit in a measure. But you put the whole church together, and we've got the same measure Jesus had. Glory be to God. So it's impossible for an entity that has the Spirit without measure to be powerless. It's impossible. They may not yield to it. They may not walk in it, but they have it. Every believer that you know, every believer that I know, has the power of God within them to do the greater works. They may not believe it. They may not yield to it. They may not have been taught it, but it's there. It's within them. It's within you. The power to do the greater works resides on the inside of you. Amen. The power to lay hands on the sick. The power to cast out devils. The power to see victory in your life. It, it, what it requires is a yielding to that power. Amen. Glory to God. So the first reason that, that hell will never prevail against the church is that Christ is the head of the church and we're his body. Amen. Say that out loud. Say, Christ is the head and we're his body. Amen. The same power in the head is in the body. And in the body, in the church, lives the full measure of Christ. Now, this, this, is, this is where... I talked about the 12 apostles. They, they did not understand the concept of the body of Christ or the church. We don't see the church revelation revealed until Paul came along. And Jesus revealed this to him personally. The book of Ephesians carries more revelation about the body of Christ than any other book in the entire Bible. It outlines the church. When you begin to read in Ephesians, the church, the body, the body of Christ is from chapter 1 all the way through chapter 6. Amen. It's all about the body of Christ. It's all about the church. And the Holy Spirit revealed that to Paul. 
The apostles didn't understand it. When you read through the other epistles, uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, you read 1st and 2nd Peter, you read Jude, you see a lot of outstanding revelation, but you don't see a lot of talk about the church. You see talk about the personal believer, but you don't see a lot of talk about the church. You see who we are in Christ in John's writings. He's very, we're going to look at some of that tonight. But Paul had the revelation of who we are in the earth as the body of Christ. And even Peter said, some of the things our beloved brother Paul writes, they're kind of hard to understand. He, he said that in 2 Peter. He said, they're kind of hard to understand. But it's all God. Yeah. Praise God. So thank God Peter grew, didn't he? Amen. We're vitally connected to Christ. And the life in him is the life in us. So notice, in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and fills everything everywhere with himself. So in the church, the body of Christ resides the full measure of Christ. It's residing right now. The Phillips translation says that in that body lives fully the one who fills the whole universe. Isn't Isn't that amazing? The New English Bible says the fullness of him who himself receives the entire fullness of God. Woo! So Jesus received the entire fullness of God, and we have the fullness of Christ. So any issue in the church does not stem from a lack of power. And stem from a lack of power. The issue is a yielding to that power. How do, how do I yield to it? Amen. How does the church yield to it? Now, when I talk about the power, I'm not just talking like a lot of religious people talk about, you know, seeing things and demonstrations. That's important. But I want you to understand something. That demonstrations of the power, and understand what I mean by that. The the main reason for the power is for you to live the life that Christ intended for you to live. The, the power, the power gifts, the manifestation of the power, that's, that's for the world. That's for the world to see. God didn't want us just having the power between believers. He wants the world to see the power in the church. Oh, glory to God. Amen. He wants the world to see the power. He wants wants worldly people to see people getting healed. He wants worldly people to see demons being cast out. He wants unsaved people to come to church uh, burdened in their mind, possessed with evil spirits, and somebody lays hands on them and says, be free in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, everything changes, and they give their life to Christ. What was the reason for that? The power that was in the church. Glory to God. I got to yield to that power. But I've got to yield to that power in every area of my life, every avenue of my life. Amen. If I don't yield to it, for instance, if I don't yield to the force of righteousness, I won't live like one who is righteous or in right standing with God. And that doesn't mean that I would just be sinning. It means that I would be walking under condemnation. It means I would be walking under shame, that I'd be walking under guilt. How can righteousness have its full flow in my life? I got to yield to it. I got to yield to the righteousness that I am. The full measure of righteousness resides in the church. Did you understand that? Amen. This, this is something that we think about, 
But when you think about this, the Bible says, the Bible says this. It says that we are just as righteous as Jesus is. Amen. That's important. That's important. Jesus has complete right standing with the Father. I have complete right standing with the Father. Why? I reside in Him. In Christ, I have no identity of my own. I identify as in Christ. Is that right or wrong? Amen. If, but if I don't yield to that, I can't walk in the power of it. And the reason why so many people are defeated is not because of the devil. It's because they don't yield to the power that they have resident on the inside of them. When you start, when you start seeing yourself as righteous and yielding to that power, the days of the devil's dominion are finished in your life. Because all he's got is to try to drag you back into something that you've been delivered of, that you've been set free from. Hallelujah. Amen. And when shame and guilt and condemnation come in, it, it makes you feel like you're not even born again. It makes you feel like, what in the world happened? What, where's my Christian walk? Where's my Christian experience? And God says, I want to remind you of something. That you are of me. That you are my child. That you belong to me. And when he says you belong to me, he doesn't, he doesn't just mean, you know, you belong to me in the sense that, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I pulled you out of the mess you were in, so you owe me. You belong to me. Why do we belong to him? Because he's our father. Say that, God is my father. You got to yield to that. You got to yield to that. That's why John would say over and over again, beloved, now are we the sons of God. And you know what? It doesn't appear yet what we will be. But here's what we do know. That as sons of God, when we see Him, God, we will be like Him. We'll be like Him. Why? I'm like Him now. Amen. I've had people say, well, you're saying you're God. No, I'm not. I'm saying I'm of God. God's DNA is on the inside of me. I got to yield to it. I got to yield to it. Is that right? Oh, I'm ahead of myself and getting there fast. The issue is yielding to that power. Now, see, how I think about myself and believers in general will determine the level to which I yield to that power. How I think about myself. Here's a very simple example. When somebody's constantly saying, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, right there, they show the level to which they yield to the power of God. They don't think they're completely saved. They think they're still a sinner. So there's no yielding to the power of salvation. They're going to heaven, but they'll be defeated while they're on the earth. Right? Because salvation is not just a ticket to heaven. Salvation is freedom from all the works of the devil. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, I've been set free from all the works of the devil. I'm going to show you some things tonight that you may know. I may not even get through the first two paragraphs. I'm not worried about it. I'll be back next Wednesday. Amen. Are you following me? All the works of the devil. All of them. Amen. Salvation set me free from it. 
when I got born again, amen, I was made free. Is that right? What did, what did Jesus say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Right? To, pre- to declare liberty to the captives. The opening of sight, to, the restoring of sight to the blind. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord was the year of Jubilee. And it was, it was, the, it was referencing every 50 years when everybody was set free from any bondage that they had been brought into. Even if their bondage was brought on them by themselves, if they had done something wrong and got into debt and they had to go sell themselves to someone and they were somebody's servant because of the debt they owed, when the 50th year showed up, they were set free, no questions asked, no, 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 no argument. You are set free. All you had to do was yield to it. You know what the Bible says? It says that during that year, that if you wanted to stay bound, you could. Have you read that? It says if a person wanted to stay with that man, he could. And he would have to go and put his ear against a post, and that, and that, that owner would drive a, an awl through his ear and put a ring in his ear, and it would be evidence from then on that he chose to stay in that position. They call it a bond servant. Amen. Glory to God. But you could go free. And Jesus said, I'm here to preach that. Hallelujah. Have, have you ever thought that the moment you got born again, God freed you and there wasn't anything the devil could do about it? Nothing. When you got saved, there wasn't anything the devil could do about it. You decided to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus was your Lord and that settled the issue. There wasn't anything the devil could do about it. You got saved. The power of sin was broken in your life. With those, with those few words, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. Boom! The power of sin was broken off of your life. Why? Because you switched lordship. You switched kingdoms. You switched your allegiance. I'm no longer that. I am that this and I'm declaring it and in that in that in that in that multitude of seconds you were born again you were made a new creature in Christ you were instantly the righteousness of God you were instantly God's son or God's daughter you were not any longer what you used to be the old you ceased to exist and the new you had come you got to yield to the power of that you got to yield to the power of the new creation. Oh, hallelujah. Do you understand that? Because here's how a lot of people try to live their life. They try to live their life saved like the old creature. You got to practice that. Amen. You hear people rehashing their past all the time. Well, you've got a testimony. But that's not you. You're testifying about what a dead person did. Go, go to Galatians 2.20. Is this all right? Go to Galatians 2.20. You got to yield to that power. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Notice what it says. I have been crucified with Christ. Now, if we hold that right there, I, me before salvation. 
In the mind of God, when Jesus died on the cross, I died with him. Now this is important. I have been crucified with Christ. In him I've shared his crucifixion. Woo! It's no longer I who live. Old I. No longer I who live. You follow me? Yes, sir. The Messiah lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith, by adherence, reliance on, complete trust in the Son of God. I am crucified with Christ. I live, new creature, I live, yet not I, old I. The life I now live, I live through the faith of him that loved me and gave himself for me. In the mind of God, when Jesus died, you died. Amen. Then Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 says, And you who were dead in sin, he quickened with his life. You understand? And Ephesians 2, 6 says this. It says, and he raised us up together and seated us together in heavenly places in Christ. The Amplified Bible says, gave us joint seating. Oh, hallelujah. So think about this. Here's what I want you to see. So when you got born again, instantly, that old man died and a new creature showed up. Not a revamped, not a remodeled, not a cleaned up version. The old man died. The old man died. If you don't yield to that, you'll try to live a new creation reality with an old mindset. And you can't do that. You can't do that. I said you can't do that. Because, because... <laughs> Because a DNA swap occurred. Do, do you remember when the Bible says Jesus was dealing with the, the religious leaders of his day? And they were arguing with Jesus. And Jesus said, you are of your father the devil. And the works of your father you'll do. Is that right? Every one of us, before we were born again, our father was the devil. It's just the way it was. Amen. We had his nature. Oh, it got quiet. I don't like to think about having the nature of the devil. Well, you did. Because it was the nature of sin. It was the nature of Adam. It was connected to the fall. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? He said, his, his works you will do. Because he's your father. There had to be a disconnect. There had to be a disconnect. The only thing that could disconnect that was the power of God. Do you see this? Look, look, look at something. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I might. Amen. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look at this. Look, look here at uh, Ephesians 2 and verse 11. glory. He said, wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time 
You were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Wow, that sounds like a bad situation. But watch. But now in Christ. But now. But now. Now now notice how he refers to this. In time past, at that time, You were, now hear me, you were what you were. But you can't be were right now. Is that right? Everybody say, but now, now, in Christ. Christ. You following me? Something happened in Christ that you got to yield to. That we have to yield to. And you have to yield to it consistently. And you have to yield to it whether you sense it or feel it or see it or not. you got to yield to it. Because our seating is joint seating with Christ. That may not be your circumstance, but it is your position. Amen. Amen. You may not feel like every day that you are totally free from all the works of the devil, but you are. Why? Because you are seated far above all principality, all power, all might, all dominion, every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Yeah, but pastor, there are rulers of the darkness of this world. Aren't you glad you're not in the darkness of this world? The Bible says that you walk in the light. You know what the Bible says? And the rulers of darkness cannot rule in the light. Satan has no power over you. He has no authority over you. But his works have been brought to nothing. Reinhard Bonnke would say, Satan is a zero. He's a zero. He's been brought to zero. Amen. That's what what the Bible says. It says that that Jesus brought all of his works to naught, to nothing. Amen i got to yield to that. How do I yield to it? Quit talking about the devil's fighting. Quit talking about about what a fight he's putting up. Quit talking about how much he's resisting. Oh, the devil. Pastor, pray with me. The, the, The devil's really fighting. Resist him. There's no way to pray for that. Let me go over here and speak loud to be heard. There's no way to pray for that. You cannot pray that the devil will quit fighting. You can't. The Bible says this, that when the devil fights, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Throw your shoulders back and say, I know who I am, and I know where I am. I know that I am in Christ, and I know your power has been totally eliminated of any ability to overcome me. Let let, let me show you something in Ephesians 6, and then we'll go back there. Am I helping you? You got, you got to yield to it. You got to yield to it. And, and the unfortunate thing is in church so often we've been taught that, that you know, uh, uh, to talk about how the devil's fighting. And, and, well, the devil's mad. And, oh, well, the more you talk about him, the more credit you give him. The devil's been mad since he was cast out of heaven and woke up on the earth. Amen. The Bible says when he was cast down, that he came to the earth with great fury. Understand that. 
He hates everybody on this planet. Everybody. He does not have a particularly strong hatred for Christians either. He hates everybody. He hates every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every race, every ethnicity. He hates everybody. He'll Listen, if somebody will yield to them, he will murder them in a millisecond. It makes no difference to him. People that people talk about were great servants of the devil. The devil killed them. They were such great servants of him and the devil killed them. Just destroyed their lives. Amen. Woo, glory. Aren't you glad that he has no ability to do that in your life? None. Zero. 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 And all I've got to do is resist him. All I've got to do is resist him. It didn't say Jesus will resist him. God will resist him. Or the Holy Ghost will resist him. He said you resist the devil and the devil will flee from you. Why should I be the one to resist him? Because I have joint seating with Jesus Christ far above all principalities, powers, might, and dominion and every name that's named. At the name of Jesus out of my mouth, the devil has to flee. Has to flee. I'm trying not to preach. I'm trying to. I think it's a lost cause. Amen. What do you say? Yield. Think about that. Amen. Because when, when you start talking about the power the devil has, he inches closer. There, there's some verses that we won't go to them. You, you can write them down and read them, and read them when you get home. For instance, 2 Corinthians uh, 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 4, 3, 4, 3 through 4. Talks about, remember what it talks about? It says if our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Right? In whom the God of this world. Now stop right there. The God of this world. Aren't you glad that Jesus said you're not of this world? He's the God of this world, not my God. Now, I know, that's, that's, I know that's oversimplified, but why would I talk about the power he has when he has no power over me? Paul refers here and defines the world as people who don't believe. Those that the gospel's hidden to, where there's no light. Amen. Glory to God. That's not us. The Bible says we believe to the saving of the soul. Is that right? Yes, sir. Amen. Glory. Ha, ha, ha. Silly devil. <laughs> Woo. Amen. So people say, well, you know, there, there you have it. The devil has power. He's the, he's the uh, you know, he's the God of this world. And then they'll go to the other verse where, where it says, you know, that he's the prince of the power of the air. That just means he's the prince of the powers that are in the air. But the Bible tells you and I that we're seated above those. Amen. Look at, look at Ephesians 6 and verse 10. I, I got to hurry a little bit. Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of, his dev of the devil. Now notice this. In the power of his might. Where does the Bible tell us the full measure of Christ's power dwells? In the church. So we, we are to stand in the power of his might. 
See, people have looked at that and they think, yeah, you know, and they, and they come across with it like this. Yeah, you know, we're so weak and we're so, we're so, we're so poorly shod. You know, we need God to help us. It's not what he's saying. He's saying you are full of the power of his might and that's what you need to stand in. Amen. Can I just share this with you? Spoiler alert. The Bible says whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Is that what it says? So what does it take to overcome the world? Just being born of God. Are you born of God? The Bible says you are. Amen. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says, it says you have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Who is he that's in the world? The devil. Who's the God of this world? The devil. Who are, who's greater than him? Us. Notice what he didn't say. He didn't say, he didn't say that God has overcome them. He said, you have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So sitting right here tonight, no matter what you may be dealing with or what you may be facing, you are a born overcomer. The overcomer gene is in your spirit. You are an overcomer. You just got to stand up, stand strong, stand fast, stand in faith. You're an overcomer. You're not overcome. I mean, you have overcome. You have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, powers. Rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. I wrote in my Bible, defeated principalities, defeated powers, defeated rulers of the darkness, and defeated spiritual wickedness. They're already defeated. Amen. And then he says, notice, he says, he tells us to take the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. Now, here's what I want you to see. Stand. The word stand means to keep our place, to stand immovable, to stand ready or prepared. Keep our place. Oh my goodness. Keep our place. Stand immovable. Now why would he tell us to do that if we couldn't? I'm, I'm going to say something. And as your pastor, I'm just helping you. If I hear another message about going and taking back what the devil stole, I just want to write a rebuttal. Why'd you let him have it? Because he didn't steal it. You let him have it. Let me go over here. He didn't steal it. We allowed him to take it. If there's an entity in the earth, and there is called the devil, that the Bible says you resist him and he'll flee from you. If you resisted him, how could he take from you? Yeah, but pastor, you know, I just believe. Doesn't matter what you believe. What's the Bible say? What's the Bible say? This, this, this is the challenge. And you know, I, I hold off teaching on things like that because people face things. And you don't want anybody to think that, you know, you think that they didn't do the right thing. But here's the issue. I've been stolen from, and I called it I've been stolen from. And the Lord would help me see. Why'd you let him take it? Why was I not sober and vigilant? Because we know he's out there. What's my job? Be sober, be vigilant. 
Because you have an adversary. And what do you do? Resist him steadfast in the faith. And what did James say he would do when you resist him steadfast in the faith? Flee. See, it's an issue of yielding to the power. But what becomes an easy thing is just the devil did it. The devil did it. The devil did it. The devil did it. Well, the devil will do what you let him do. He'll do everything you let him. He'll do everything he's predisposed to do. He will still kill and destroy in your life if you let him. He'll lie to you if you let him. Amen. Well, how do I stop him from lying? When he opens his mouth, run the word of God down his throat. Don't let him talk. Don't let him speak. Listen, do you don't listen to liars regularly, do you? If you know somebody's a liar, you don't listen to them. I've had people come and tell me something, and somebody say, do you believe them? I said, no, they lie. I don't believe them. I got to see proof. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Like you go into that business and said, in God we trust, all others pay cash. Now here's what I want you to see. I'm, I, I, I got to get something here. We see the idea with this word is this. The enemy's attempting to move us, and we're standing immovable, ready and prepared. Amen. Our, our mindset about the devil is, listen, I can't stop you from coming, but I can arrange for you to limp going home. I can't stop you from showing up, but I can make sure you don't win. Because I, I'm not trying to overcome you. See, the, the tables in the church have been turned wrong. And we preach about trying to overcome the devil and tear the devil's kingdom down and pull down. It's, it was torn down when Jesus said it is finished. The Bible says that when Jesus rose from the grave, he rose victoriously and he carried death and hell captive and made a show of them openly. Where we're concerned, the devil has no kingdom. It's been torn down. It's been brought to nothing. The Bible's... The, the, <laughs> we are in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of Christ. It's not that the enemy can't put pressure on you or try to make things hard on you, but he can't win. He can't overcome. He has no armor to do it with. He has no weapons to do it with. The Bible says in the book of Luke that Jesus stripped him. Now, but we got to yield to that. Do we believe that? Well, I just believe the devil has power. Then, honey, you just keep being defeated. You, you, just, you just keep waking up with knots on your head because the devil just thumped you. That, that's just the reality of it. I made the decision some number of years ago. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to stand before God and him say, why would you let that happen? I'm not going to stand before God responsible for you and God asked me, why didn't you teach your people that they had total and complete mastery over the devil? Because the Bible tells me in the book of Colossians that I will stand for whether you were walking perfect and mature in the things of God. And one of the main things that mature us is us understanding we have an enemy who is a defeated enemy, who has no power over us, who cannot gain the victory if I don't yield to his ability. Amen. I got to yield to it. Let, let me show you a couple things. Look at 1 John 5. 
This, this was something that just jumped into my spirit because I had other notes. But I, I want you to see something because I want you to see what you got to yield to. Look at 1 John 5. Verse 18, we know that whosoever is born of God does not sin, but he that is begotten, and that, that sinneth not means he doesn't continually sin, habitually sin. Doesn't mean you can't sin. He doesn't habitually sin. But he that is begotten of God, now notice these two first phrases, born of God, begotten of God. What does that denote? God's your father. Is that right? Though that, that, that are, are born of God, begotten of God, keepeth themselves, and that wicked one toucheth them not. Now what do you do with that? He said, if I keep myself, the wicked one can't touch me. And you just chew on that. Amen. Say it out loud. I am born of God. I am begotten of God, I keep myself, and the devil can't touch me. Now see, if it's in the Bible, what do I do with that? I stood, I stood in front of a whole room full of pastors that believed that Christians had to have regular deliverance sessions, that Christians could be possessed with devils. And they had to, they need to do self-deliverance all the time. Carry a bag around so you can do self-deliverance and throw up a demon and burp a demon and sneeze a demon and cough a demon and do demons another way. And they kept saying that. And finally I stood up. I, I stood up. And, and I took the Bible with this verse. And, I, and, and they kept saying that, that that could happen and the devil could do this and the devil could do that. And I took my Bible and I threw it on that mahogany table and I said, show me. Show me in the Bible. I wasn't mad. I said, show me. I said, I hear you saying about how Christians can be possessed and so-and-so believes it. And I hear you saying it. And I hear all the rest of you say it. Somebody open your Bible and show me. And they just looked at me. I know a Christian can be oppressed in their mind and oppressed in their body by the devil, but you can't be possessed by a devil. You've already been possessed by God. Your spirit belongs to God. The Bible says your body and your spirit belong to God. Your spirit is a closed system. The devil has no access to your spirit. The Bible, the Bible says that the devil can attack your body, but he can't affect you spiritually unless you yield to it. Glory to God. And, and they, kept, they, kept, they kept bringing things up. Finally, I turned to this verse, and I said, what do you do with that? The wicked one toucheth him not. I said, now you're running around teaching Christians that, they can, that the devil can just jump on them, and they got to get delivered every other week. Every week they need to go through deliverance. I mean, this one guy got free haircuts. Because the, the, the barber shop he went to, he gave the beautician regular deliverance. So she gave him free haircuts for casting devils out over every week. Every week. Two for one. Cast out two devils, get one haircut. 
Now, demon possession is real, and I've dealt with that. But here's what I want you to understand. What do you do with this? Now watch, verse 19. We know that we're of God. Whoo! We got to know that we're of God. The church has to know that we're of God. That's, listen, that's why the political system can't hamper the church. It can't do anything to the church. It can't destroy the church. Amen. All those despots, everybody that everybody's so afraid of, I'm just going to tell you the truth. Putin, the Chinese people, the Chinese leader, all of these communist leaders, they'll all be dead, buried, and nothing but dust in the grave, and the church will still be alive and well. Amen. 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 Yeah, but we might go through some things. Far better men and women than you and I have went through things on the cause of the gospel. And they've stood firm. And God always brought them out. We're going to pillow our head on the word of God. And we're going to make this our source. We're going to make this our manifesto. The devil can't touch me. Do your best. Here I stand on the word of God. And I'll not be moved. That's the, that's the reality of it. Glory to God. Amen. Look, look, look at Samaka. <laughs> look at 1 John 3 and verse 8. He that committed a sin is of the devil. For the devil sins from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, was Jesus manifest? Did he come in the flesh? Then what else did he do? Destroy the works of the devil. You know what that word destroy means? Dissolve. The Amplified Bible says dissolve, loosen. One translation says bring to nothing. What was the number one work of the devil? Sin. What happened to sin when you got born again? It was dissolved. It was destroyed. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Glory to God. Why? Because I've been, the power of sin has been broken. Now what do you do with that? You've got to yield to it. I say you've got to yield to it. you got time for about two more? John 4, 42. I'm almost done. One hour of power. I'm actually about, well, anyway. John 4, 42. 1 John 4. Four four, first John four four, not forty two. There's no forty two in John. You are of God. Uh oh. You are of God. Somebody said? Re remember he said earlier that whoever's born of God, whoever's begotten of God, the wicked one can't touch. And now he says again, you're of God. You're of God. If you are of God, that means no sin exists in your spirit. That means you're a totally new creature. Is that right? If they took a, a, a spiritual DNA test, you'd be God positive. It would be, it would be proven that God is your father. Say that, uh, God, is God is my father. Now notice what it says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world. Therefore speak they of the world. And the world hears them. We are of God. Whew. 
And he that heareth us, uh, he, he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Oh, glory to God. Do you see that? We are of God. Now, look at 1 Corinthians 1. You got to yield to this. Just got to yield to it. Got to yield to it. Amen. In, in, in this church, we're raising up champions. Amen. In this church, hear me. You do whatever you want to do with what I'm telling you. In this church is the devil's worst nightmare. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. People used to tell Dr. Summerall that where there's a strong man over that city, he'd say, tear him down. Pull him down. If there's a strong man, pull him down. You have the authority. Amen. He was sitting in his, in his uh, uh, house, in his living room in Manila, Philippines, uh, up above that warehouse, that, that, that uh, uh, B-52 hangar that he had had for a church. He's sitting in there listening to the radio, and they came over the radio, and they said, we're going into the room now in the prison where the monster's at. And there was a 13-year-old girl named Clarita Villanueva that had been a prostitute on the streets of Manila, Philippines, and she'd been possessed by two spirits that were, that were so manifesting in her body that they were biting her and leaving physical evidence. Saliva and hair was found on her body. And they investigated it and, 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 and looked at it and put it under the microscope. And it was of no natural origin. So, so, so possessed. And he's sitting there listening and he hears the shrieks of this girl. And God said, I want you to go deliver her. And Dr. Summerall said, get somebody else. I don't have a deliverance ministry. And God said, I don't have anybody else. When I hear that, I hear this. God put us in Little Rock because He needed us to be in Little Rock. It's not because there's not good churches in Little Rock. It's God needs us to be here. Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. And he, walked, he, he fasted and prayed and walked into that, into that prison. Amen. I'm shortening the story. Walked into that prison. This girl could not speak English. He walked in, there was a priest with him and a doctor with him and other government officials. Amen. And she growled at everybody. When Dr. Summerall walked up, she started cursing him in perfect English. Calling him an illegitimate son. You, you know the word she used. More vulgar word. You know what Dr. Summerall did? He stepped back and he said, I am not illegitimate. He said, my father's George Summerall. My mother is Betty Summerall. They were married on such and such a date. I was born on such and such a date. I am not illegitimate. You are illegitimate. You have no right in her body. And you're going to come out. Amen. And you know the end of the story. Cast the devil out of the girl. Amen. He was walking, he was walking through the jungles of, 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 of Africa and came on a witch doctor. And that witch doctor had a huge bullfrog. And he was pouring a wine and, and blood mixture into the, into the mouth of that bullfrog. And then he would drink it back out of the mouth of that bullfrog. Dr. Lush Summerall went up, laid hands on him, said, Be loosed in the name of Jesus. Witch doctor fell over with a thud, got up, got born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered. 
Dr. Summerall's at the house of the missionary that he's staying with that night. And he said, I was about to go to sleep. And he said, all of a sudden, the room became frigid. The curtain stood out straight. And the bed began to, began to walk away from the wall into the middle of the room. And he said, I sat up and I said, I recognize you, you spirit. I cast you out of that witch doctor in the name of Jesus. Get out of my room in Jesus' name. Frigid air left. The curtains settled down. And he said, I laid back down. And he said, then it hit me. And I got up, set up my bed. I said, devil, you get back in here. And he said, he came back in, same atmosphere. He said, I believe that when you came in this room, my bed was against the wall. Put it back. I'm not talking about taking back what the devil stole from you. I'm trying to give you an illustration. When you tell the devil, get, he's got to get. Dr. Summerall told him, you come back. Told him to leave, he left. Told him to come back, and he come back. Told him to put his bed back, he put his bed back. That wicked one doesn't touch him. 1 Corinthians 1.30, I'll be done with this. Am I helping anybody? Notice this. But of him are you in Christ. But of him are you in Christ, who of God has made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Of him are you in Christ. The works of the devil have been destroyed. The gates of hell will never prevail against the church because we're disconnected from the world. We're disconnected from the world. In order for the devil to prevail, there has to be a connection to the world or there has to be a lack of yielding to the power of God. Now, he can run over the world whenever he wants, not us. Not us. Amen. Amen. Say this out loud. Say, I will not yield to the power of the devil, to the fear of the devil, to the thoughts of the devil. I'm born of God. The greater one lives in me. Because I'm born of God, the seed of God, the DNA of God is in me. I'm God's child, and I naturally, by nature, overcome the devil. Ooh, glory to God. Amen. I, I want you to understand, you came out of the spiritual womb hunting devils. You know, you don't, you don't have to teach an alligator to be an alligator. They're born eating stuff. You have to teach a shark to be a shark. They'll eat each other. All you got to believe is that you got complete power over the devil. That's all you got to believe. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news? Let's stand up tonight, shall we? Praise the Lord.